From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. Great dribble by Don Vose. And still, Vose, he gets us another. Oh, what a goal! Don Vose! One of the goals of the season. He has toyed with the defence there. And that is remarkable. The Bull Boys getting involved. Connor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester now! It's McDonough for Wrexham. Still Jerry McDonough. Hello, Croix and all, wherever you're listening, this is the latest Rob Ryan Red. Nathan here to carry you through again. Uh, Rich has been a busy old man this week and we will hear from him very shortly. Uh, his voice has basically been decimated uh, thanks to the work of Super Paul Mullen. What a week, what a performance so far and two huge games on the horizon. We'll be hearing from voices at Bromley and at Yeovil to get the latest, but there's only one place to start. That is the Shea. 1,200 plus there packed into the way and on a Tuesday night, you could hear us from the top of the mountain, a dog walker posting a, a, an amazing video that we shared. You could hear Wrexham fans chanting. It looked to be another one of those nights. People were frustrated. I know me and Rich were when we were chatting about it. Very frustrated. We go 1-0 down. The woos in midfield really seem to be plaguing us once again. No surprise there. And then all of a sudden, seven minutes in Halifax heaven, seven minutes in Yorkshire heaven, if you want to have a play on, the, play on the words there. James Jones with... I mean, is it James Jones' goal? Who cares is the answer to that. It goes in. And at that point, I'm thinking... I'd said on a, on, on on Twitter, actually, previously, that I thought it would be a one-all. And so I'm thinking, it's not too bad, considering we've gone behind. One-all, they're a good team. They're not lost at home since the opening day of the season. Something like that. It's a very good record. There are a lot of games. And um, so one-all, I'm thinking, okay... And I'm listening to the commentary and I'm sort of sitting through Kevin Ratcliffe telling me how bad we are playing. <laughs> no mute button for Kevin, unfortunately. And then it, it, it happens, doesn't it? The, the magic moment, the super Paul Mullen magic moment. And he, he collects the ball and, and I've seen the goal back now. If you haven't, do go back and look. Fearless and Devotion, I know I've put the goal out. The highlights will be out, I assume, by the time this is out. I mean, what a clinical finish, you know. Much was said about him, wasn't it, in the new boots that he got uh, he got given ahead of the Wilston game. You know, didn't have his shooting boots that day, lacked the composure, players were booed off. And yet there we are, final minute of the game, basically the last act. And what a celebration that was, you know. We've watched it again and again. I know people have loved it on Twitter, at uh, Rob Ryan Red, if you, if you don't already follow us on Twitter. Just a quick a shout-out on the Twitter Nearly 2,500 followers, which I know is what me and Rich have been aiming for. Let's see how far we can get with this account. It's uh, it's really good fun to, to do these podcasts, and it's even better when we're winning now. Uh, we don't have to be pessimistic. You lot who've listened, you know, kind of religiously know exactly kind of how pessimistic me and Rich can be. 
but look, that, that, that's an amazing win at Halifax, and you have to you have to sort of bask in it for as many days as uh, as you can, and just the celebration at the end, you know. Paul Mullin doing his own Jurgen Klopp was just, oh, just get it in the veins, you know, just amazing. And I enjoyed a tweet. Um, many people know James comes over from uh, Luxembourg. I'm forgetting his surname now, uh, but you, you'll know him. He's, he's, he's well known in the fan base. Uh, and he was teaching kids back in Luxembourg about Super Paul Mullin. So soon he'll be taking Pitbull's title of Mr. Worldwide by the sounds of it. Um, and, and just you know the, the bitterness that came from the Halifax fans as well he's on nine grand a week he's on 10 grand a week amazingly his wage goes up by about a thousand pound every time he scores so yeah by the end of the season he'll probably be on well, you'd hope 20,000 a week or something you know based on the opposition uh, opposition fans and uh, amazing to see you know Chesterfield fans getting very precious about Shamanga who's having a great season don't get me wrong you know, maybe worry about sorting out your frost covers before you start, you know, worrying too much about Paul Mullins' wage. But but what a night at the Shea, and, and I'm very jealous that I wasn't ma- wasn't able to make it. But Rob Ryan Red was there, Rich was there when he still had a voice, and he sent this little dispatch from what he could after a memorable night. Maybe he, he reckons maybe his best away day ever from the Shea. Let's take a listen. Well, 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 where do we start for that? As you can hear my voice, just on the way back from the Shea, Wrexham, don't do this to me. What an away day that was. Absolutely packed away end. We always say on the pod that whenever we have a good following, a big match at home or away, we just never seem to get the result to correspond. Tonight we got the result. We're putting together performance for 85 minutes. That was pretty unbearable. I thought first half, pretty even, but Halifax had more of the ball. Um, I, I wasn't really ever troubled when I went forward, though. You know, we we were bad. They were they were bad as well. I think like Craig Bellamy said after that Wales game that time, it was two crap teams. You know, they were bad. We were worse. Um, yeah, first half just didn't work. Cole Johnson looked off it. He just he wasn't 100 percent fit. He just didn't look up to it really the five at the back parky 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 please this can't go on I understand doing it doing it for some games but in these sort of you know Halifax aren't a top top team they're a mid-table sort of side um, pushing for the playoffs I don't think this is the type of arena where you come to it and and go for that but you know I'm, I'm not, it's so difficult because I was thinking I've already reported on one managerial sacking this week. Am I going to have to try push for the second one at, at half time because it was so bad? And you know Halifax deserved their lead. Yeah, and yeah, we the goal we scored to draw level. James Jones he had another poor game. I thought um, I thought the midfield again the balance just wasn't really there. I mean we were saying that you know. A midfield, usually at this level, you either criticise it for not having the defensive backbone or not having the creativity. Ours has neither. I still don't really know what they do. Young and Jones in the same midfield doesn't quite work for me. You know, they offer quite the quite the same sort of attributes and the same sort of style on the game. We never really control a game with both them in it, as we saw tonight. But yeah, James Jones, the goal, sort of sneaks it in at the near post. It was dirty. Um, 
I mean, I've, I mean, I've got carried away because it's a win to talk about how bad our goal was defensively. Um, so Toza passes the ball to Brisley. Brisley turns and is immediately tackled by their man. I'm not sure if it's a Brisley error for turning straight away and getting tackled or Toza's error for not letting him know he had a man on. But yeah, um, as soon as Halifax scored from the resulting counter-attack, their right-back Warren came over and uh, goaded the Wrexham away fans and... We were going to have the last laugh. So, yeah, we carried on pushing. Halifax hit the post late on. It looked like they were the team who were who were going to get something, get the get the win if, if one team was. And then, you know, out of nowhere, really, Wrexham free kick on halfway, quickly taken over the top. It was flicked down into the inside channel. Paul Mullin, who had been working his socks off all night, as he always does. You know, I mean, Mullin was playing central midfield when we were 1-0 down because there was no service to him. There was no delivery whatsoever. And he was having to drop back and, and play, you know, in central midfield to try and get any of the ball. But yeah, the ball fell to Mullin in the 91st minute. You just, you just don't understand, do you? We don't understand. You can hear my voice what was about to happen fires it into the sort of near post past the keeper and the the away end absolute pandemonium it erupted i went you know the man next to me went forward like two rows i went forward bounced back again my voice is gone oh my god i uh, i yeah what a, what an away day this has been it was crap for eight five minutes um, Ponticelli, credit to him, he came on change the game. I thought Green was good as well. Like I said earlier, that I'd quite like to see Hosanna on the right and Green on the left for a bit, maybe in one of these games. I, I thought Hull Johnson was just not fit and I think that's partly why he, he performed badly tonight. His delivery into the box was really bad. But yeah, I mean, you can be negative and you know, you've got to just take that step back. I think Parkinson's got to analyse this game and say, you know, we, we did a lot wrong. But in two crucial moments we got goals the James Jones one is such a sort of weird fluke he tries to cross it in and it trickles in at a near post Mullen just that's why we bought him and he did like the Jurgen Klopp celebration at the end he has us in the palm of his finger I mean palm of his hand sorry um, yeah in his fingers whatever poor Mullen I love you I said on the other podcast didn't I that I think he could become like my favourite ever and player oh my god baby Paul <laughs> that's my future child's gonna be called what an incredible man what an away day this has turned out to be you know we can't get carried away too much um, the results have gone our way in the table it's very very good result we played badly we said on another podcast didn't we that um, maybe the teams who go up there's definitely teams in the in the playoffs and the, the top teams in the season have these games where they play badly and win that's exactly what we've done it wasn't convincing two pretty scrappy teams they had more of the ball they looked you know they had the onus on them they were the home side you've got to give them that the setup from the beginning wasn't good enough, but it was all about that finale. What an away day from the Shea. Let's hope I make it home alive. Who knows if I'm going to have a voice tomorrow? Who cares? Wrexham 2, Halifax 1. As you can tell then, Rich is is struggling to sort of comprehend it, and, and that was really raw, and we, we wanted to do it just you know straight at the final whistle for him. Or you know him getting on the train uh, back home and and yeah you just it's hard to argue for a lot of people that will be one of their best away days in quite a long time you know it's uh, it's right up there in terms of you know the performances because I think we you look at it and, and I was at the Aldershot game where we won five nil and a good friends of mine were at the Kings Lynn game and and they were you know great wins five five goals six goals. But you struggle to beat 
the the euphoria of that last minute winner and to see the sort of the bedlam the limbs that were flying i'd love to see you know the sort of the documentary footage of that or, or rob and ryan reacting to that you know over in the u.s just that pandemonium you get that they will have had in i don't know a field goal in in the nfl or a late penalty kick in rugby or you know a, a three-point shot in basketball buzzer beater that that's what it felt like to me I, I, I like american sports and it felt to me like a dagger a buzzer beater from mullin and you know to hear him afterwards say that when when james jones's goal or whoever you want to give it to let's give it to jones because he needs a bit of a boost jones's goal goes in he, he said to to one of the lads you know I, i'm gonna get the winner and i'm going to take my shirt off uh, in celebration and you know maybe he's a striker and a script writer because it, it panned out exactly as he said it would and yeah it's it's it was great to see parky really show a bit of passion as well at the end there because you know to be booed off not by everyone but but by a section of the fan base who who are just frustrated that's what it is i'm not, I'm not going to take an aim at anyone who who decides to voice their frustration in that manner to boo um i know you know players in that dressing room are frustrated with with that sort of um approach but look fans pay good money we all do and you know it's it's within your rights to do so but to, to win at Halifax to tee up two massive home games now because yes we haven't lost at home but you know I sp- I'm, I'm sure I can speak for everyone it just hasn't got going has it? It, it it it's it's a completely different game I think at home as well um you know just not having riches Shane to not bounce it off but it, I, it's something we've discussed and, and I just think it's a completely different setup, not necessarily a setup, but you know, Mullen himself said, you know, that some of the lads are daunted by 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 the crowds, and and they won't be going away anytime soon if we keep picking up big results away from home, unless they start doing an away season ticket. I think the crowds will be will be very busy. Um, but yes, what what a night at Halifax! I've got goosebumps still watching that celebration. And all eyes on Bromley now. Bromley getting beaten by Yeovil. So our two teams coming up in, in between this this podcast and the next one. You know, Bromley getting beat, surprisingly beaten by Yeovil. And you know, I was I was intrigued to to speak to someone down at Bromley that a few of us have known. Um, and and you know, his voice will be familiar if you watch the stream that game where Laneson got knocked out and was in an ambulance, and you know, a lot of worry that day. I think Adi Youssef scored the equaliser but it's the stadium announcer at Bromley a guy called Matt Hall and he kindly t- took some time out of his day after the defeat uh, against Yeovil and he's, he's looking ahead he's looking forward to his trip to Wrexham so here's, here's a clip from my conversation with Matt Right then, uh, as I said at the start of the show, uh, Bromley perspective, that's the first game of the doubleheader. It's a busy week. I know we're all still very excited about the Halifax result, but that's gone on to Bromley. Another really tricky game, actually, for Wrexham. Uh, and, uh, you know, my natural pessimism leads me to say that Matt, uh, who's joining us, Matt, what are you feeling like for, for coming up to Wrexham? I mean, I'm naturally pessimistic for these big games, but after Halifax, I'm somewhat optimistic that we can have a good game against you lot. 
I think I'm the same, Nathan, to be honest. I mean, we all love our clubs, don't we? Uh, but we're, we're always, as non-league football fans as we are at the moment, uh, we're always pessimistic, I think, and we always we always think of the worst. But um, I'm very excited. Um, I do love coming down to, to, to the ground and, and meeting the lovely people. We've got a very good relationship with Wrexham off the field. So really looking forward to, to chatting to some familiar faces down there. And Yeah, I think everyone's excited for it, really, obviously. You guys are getting brilliant crowds at the minute, um, so I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere on the day. Yeah, yeah, it'll be another, you'd imagine, 8,500, maybe even a bit more. Obviously, there's that small portion that will fluctuate between the wins. You know, like you say, we've had a good relationship, and I remember watching, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were listening to you and your co-host, whose name slipped my mind, and when Rob Lainton got knocked out, didn't he, um, at Bromley, and that was a streamed game, and... It's always been one of those nip and tuck games. We've never sort of, um, we've never successfully managed to play off the park. I think it was Adi Youssef who scored that day in a in a one-all draw. But but looking at your form now, you're you're right up there. You're above us in the table. What's clicked so far for you in that team? What's impressed you most? I think the the biggest thing that we have in our locker this season is the togetherness of the team. Um, we've always had a really really good committed bunch of players at the club. Um, and, and it's hard to actually pinpoint what the difference has been so far this year but the team really doesn't know when they're beaten um, I'm sure they won't mind me saying at all the past three games we probably haven't been at our best mm. um, we, we beat Kings Lynn and we got a late draw away to Stockport and actually that, that's just the team's character in a nutshell and I think it's a sign of a good side isn't it when you're not playing at your best to get results like that um, and, and, and win those games or draw those games so I think really the togetherness and the spirit of the team is unlike anything I've seen before and fair play to the to the manager and the, and the management team for A, getting the right players in to, to, to fit that mentality and B, for instilling it on the team and, and keeping that feet on the ground mentality Yeah, you spoke about the management team I mean, there were, there were strong links it sounded like for, for a day or two about you know potentially being poached by Hartlepool Obviously, that, that never came to pass and, and he stayed. I mean, it, it speaks to the job that the manager's doing there, that, that he's got you, you know, top four or five. And yes, there's been a couple of bad performances, but you, you come to Wrexham as, as one of the sort of form teams in the division in terms of just the season so far. I think that really shows, uh, it just, just, just goes to show actually how far we've come in the past few years. You know, it, it wouldn't be long ago that we'd be coming to games like this uh, away to Wrexham and sort of thinking it's going to be certain defeat, you know, and maybe having that tiny bit of, of, of optimism thinking, oh, maybe if Wrexham aren't on their game, then we might have a chance. But actually, you know, now we're going into these games and, and there's no big head in this about it at mm. all. You know, we, we realise Wrexham are a huge club, as were Stockport and Grimsby and all the other the big sides that we've played this season. But we always believe in, in, in what we can do and we always believe in ourselves. And, and like I say, we've got a, a real spirit in that dressing room. They believe they can beat anyone, you know, and that's not just teams in this league. So um, it, it's, it's a strange feeling, really, you know, when you're going up to places like Stockport, as we were a couple of weeks ago, and, and actually being touted as favourites. I think that's, mm. that's quite incredible from sort of where we've come from compared to them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling. I don't think I'm really used to it yet. I think we're, we're sort of perennial underdogs in, you know, for those of us who've been around the club for a while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's certainly a strange feeling for sure. It's, uh, it's Often you find that being the underdog at this level often suits you better. It's the, it's the, it's the pressure cooker that uh, is the National League that just kind of eats teams up and expectation, as you can imagine, at Wrexham is, is through the roof every single game. 
talking about absolutely, the players, yeah. yeah. Talking about players, then we said before that Michael Cheek, you know, doesn't need a second introduction. He's right up there in the scoring stakes again. You know, a couple behind Shamanga in there, and Mullin obviously is in there. Super poor Mullin for us, as we refer to him. Um, but but who else is in there that that really is a danger man or, or a defensive rock? Or you know, is there anyone that that Wrexham should look at and and, and be wary of for, for whatever reason? If I were to highlight two in particular, if I can, obviously you've mentioned sure. Michael Cheek up front, who is just exceptional at this level mm. um, and has, has just proven himself with different clubs in this division. And he's really at home here at Bromley, and, and that's really amazing for us to to be able to, to say that. And he loves it here. But from a, we've talked about sort of the, the strikers' perspective there. I think from a midfield point of view, um, Billy Bingham certainly is, is, in my view, one of the best midfielders in the league. Um, he joined us straight from uh, a season in League One with Gillingham, and you can just see how he's played at that level. Um, he's uh, not a young player anymore. I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. He's in his he's in his early 30s, so um, he's at that age where he's got the blend of experience, but he's still got the energy to to keep up with the game. He's very very fit, um, and he's just a, a real class act on and off the pitch. He just brings a calm nature to the midfield and. We've found that when he's uh, when when he's not around, it's uh, it's been a lot more difficult, and you always miss the quality of a player like that. As we had a way to stop ball, we still managed to get a draw. Um, but I think with Billy, uh, we, it would have helped our cause a little bit. Um, the other one I have to say, and it's tough because there've been so many great performers, as you said, this season with, with us doing quite well, um, is the goalkeeper Mark Cousins, who um, has been at this level for a number of years with the likes of Dagenham, Redbridge and Barnet and, and other clubs and he's just been absolutely outstanding and um, if anything he seems to get better with age it's quite incredible to watch um, some of the saves that he pulls out and if he's on his game um, he's absolutely unbeatable and, and I've seen him pull off some absolutely incredible saves and keep us in games this season when we've been on the ropes so yeah he's uh, he's certainly one to, to watch out for and we'll be hoping he's, uh, he's on his best uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, the keepers always seem to bring their A game when they come to the race course. So that's what we like to tell ourselves anyway. When we can't, we can't find, can't find the back of the net. The keepers always pull off a blinder. <laughs> um, but you know, lastly, then a lot uh, Wrexham. A lot of the chatter is about systems, and you know, will Phil Parkinson persevere with this back three, back five, whichever way you look at it? And you know, we seem to look a lot better when we go to this four-three-three. What what's been the bedrock of, of Bromley's success this season then? Is it, in terms of the system, what what are we expecting to sort of see in terms of how you lot line up typically? I think the biggest change for us um, from last season to this season is uh, the back three, as you mentioned there, that, mm. that Wrexham have tried. Um, and, you know, you look at it in the early part of the season and people weren't sure or the first couple of results didn't go our way. We, we lost on the opening day away to Dagenham and and, and didn't look great in that game, being totally honest. And the manager was very open about that in, in the interview at the end of the game. Um, but also what the manager's done is he's trusting his process and he's getting the players to buy into that, which they very much have. Um, and the whole three at the back thing was a, a bit of a surprise at first. It's not really something we've seen at Bromley before, um, well, for a number of years anyway. Um, but it seems to be starting to, to really click into place. Um, unfortunately, we lost last night. We were missing a big part of that. Byron Webster, who was suspended, so he'll be back available, which will be a massive boost for us. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was a bit of a shock, as I say, to the, to the supporters particularly. But um, I think people can see now why Dandy's playing that system. 
um, and, and for the most part it's, it's been very effective this season. So, you know, they're confident. They are they're confident this week and look, Michael Cheek against Paul Mullin. You know, that is an epic battle. And by the sounds of it, it looks like it could be three five two against three five two. I'm I I was I was at a point where I sort of accepted that Parky was just gonna keep playing three five two. But I'm I'm looking at it now and look, while he's not gonna start with a four three three as he as he did to sort of finish that Halifax game, you know why not in certain games? I'm I'm not necessarily saying that Bromley game is the right way to do it, but it it's clearly not worked so far. The system, uh, we we can't change the personnel really. Dave Jones, we saw him putting out the cones at Halifax. I I said on um I said on Twitter in a Twitter space with Fearless, the lads over at Fearless, and and a quick note on that: if you are listening and you maybe you're probably sick of me now actually. But if, if you are listening to the Twitter spaces, that is just something we're doing now and again. You know, an interactive forum where we're keen to hear your voices. That's one of the things with the, with the podcast is we're, you know, unable really to, to just throw it to people immediately. And Twitter spaces has a sort of phone-in feel to it, you know, a 606, that sort of vibe. And good fun. I, I've been keen to do it. I did my first one after... The Sean Harvey interview, which, you know, if you haven't already, I think that is a must listen on Dragonheart. Um, I love how I'm kind of just like plugging everyone else's podcasts. Uh, do listen to this one, please. Do 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 stay and listen to um, what we've got to hear on this one. But yeah, the Dragonheart one with Sean Harvey was fascinating. Much of, you know, as we've heard, most of us have heard it by now, but but much of what he said rang true that, that what we thought we knew, I know he's calling all the shots. So do go listen to that. But yeah, as I said, on the Twitter space with the fearless guys, there was a lot of debate on there about you know Halifax um, and and the system and you know whether we can go four three three and and you know what personnel we have and I, and I said on there I don't think we'll see Dave Jones pull on a Wrexham shirt again. I I don't believe we will. I think he was probably brought in as cover. And didn't, you know, apart from that Solly Hall goal, which I do believe will win goal of the season, how do you beat that goal in terms of just technique, the winning goal? It is going to be really difficult to beat that. Uh, and then obviously he gets sent off, doesn't he, against Woking? And, and he never really got a chance after that. Then I get asked quite a lot, what about Charlie Trafford? I have absolutely no idea. I think I know more about the Trafford Centre than Charlie Trafford. Um... No idea how close he is to the team, and it was actually quite funny how before I put up, we put out, um, me and Rich put out a lineup, a predicted lineup that we both agreed on for um, for Halifax, and it got load more responses than, than we're used to normally. We just get three or four normally, four or five maybe. This one had about 25, 30 responses, all saying, you know, I'm done with James Jones. I don't want to play James Jones. He's proven nothing like so far. And look, we've been on James Jones's back on this podcast saying, what does he offer different to Luke Young? You know, this is a League One player. Why is he not performing to his optimum? But you know what? Delighted for him to get his goal. And, and, and Rich was, you know, more impressed. Okay, he said, he, he said, didn't he, that midfield still looks like an issue. But, you know, it was one of James Jones's better games. And he's got to use that as a springboard now. Yes, he, it was a good fortune in his goal. 
but he's got to use that to kick on because there's there, there has to be a player in there. There has to be a player in there that Crew fans and Lincoln fans were sad to see go. And we're just not getting that, or we haven't had that so far. Um, and and so that is, yeah, if, if I can if I can sort of put things on my New Year's wish list, I'm sure we'll do that nearer the time, but that is on there. So not just a new midfield, a couple of new midfielders, but James Jones to really just like find the key to unlock himself. That would be great. But yeah, Bromley, massive ask, isn't it? Um, massive ask, Bromley, and then Yeovil. And you know, to round out the show, we'll be hearing from one of the guys who, who runs the Glovers cast Yeovil Town podcast. I don't know. I wonder if they are kind of as pessimistic or more or, or optimistic. I'm not, I'm not sure. These non-league podcasts, at least, you know, we've got the, the narrative of Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhenney to sort of mask some of these bad performances. We can't do them with all, but with some of them. And, you know, lower down. I, I wonder if there's like a... I mean, you probably wouldn't allow it, Steve Cleave, but I wonder if there's like a Kings Lynn podcast or I know there's like the Bees pod. We, we spoke to a few, you know, the Chesterfield have a few pods or Furlough FC as we call them. Uh, Stockport obviously have the Scarf Bagara War. There's loads, but yeah, I do wonder sort of at the bottom end. Um, but Glover's cast, no, great pod and they will be sort of teeing up next Tuesday's game uh, to round us out. So you know, if you are listening to this pod late, if you're listening to it after Bromley, then you are listening, uh, you, are, you are in the future. If I'm talking to you right now, you are very much in the future. And fingers crossed I'm talking to you after we've won a game, another game, but let's see. Um, what I was going to do then, because like I say, there's no rich here, and so it's more of an excuse for me to make a fool out of myself, I think. Uh, we got an email this week, we got got a few emails, but one of them that did stand out for me was one from a guy called Tom Young. So, Tom, thanks for sending the email. I'll read out what he says. He put, Hi, guys. I was walking the dog tonight, catching up on the pod. Always good. Many a dog walker uh, hopefully listens to Rob Ryan Red in the Wrexham area. And if not, sort it out. I was walking the dog tonight, catching up on the pod, and I was listening to episode 40, Rob and Ryan Paint the Town Red. Uh, do go back and listen to that one if you haven't, guys. That has been well-received. Incredible. That That is one of our most listened-to episodes, so thanks so much for the support on that. And I know um, Rob and the others from Mad for Movies will be delighted for the for the advertising there that you're all listening to. Anyway, so he said, I've watched Wrexham. This is what Tom says. I've watched Wrexham since 2015, and this year is my first year as a season ticket holder. And he said, I completely agree with your discussion about the chance repetitive and not original and I've tried hard to come up with some of my own okay so this is still open we're keen to hear um as many variations of chants as you can come up with get the pen and get the notepad and pen out uh, find some of your favorite songs and see if you can work out uh, a tune to some of your favorite players you know can we get can we get something for Hosanna or Johnson Jake Hyde uh, what he is, what Thomas done, he's done two chants. Um, one of them I'm definitely not going to be able to do. Uh, the first one I am going to try and sing just to make a fool out of myself. So it's to the tune of Don't You Want Me Baby by, or Don't You Want Me, Don't You Want Me Baby? Don't You Want Me by the Human League. Um, and just to clarify, for anyone that isn't sure, um, Paul Mullen uh, is not a waitress at a cocktail bar, uh, as far as we know. Um, I, I don't think he'd have the time to be to be brutally honest. Um, 
but given he always delivers, he would probably be quite a good bartender. But this is his tune, so he's got Super Mullin, baby. Here we go. This is awful, isn't it? Super Mullin, oh, Super Mullin, baby. There you go. That stat is gonna haunt me. Um, so to, I actually I'm gonna publicly apologise to Tom for for what just happened. Um, that is, uh, yeah that Rich will probably bar me from future podcasts for that one. His other one, if you are familiar with the song, um, is to the tune of Lola by The Kinks. Can't say that. I'll be honest with you, Tom. I can't say uh, The Kinks um, on my sort of go-to playlist. Um, but he's got the tune Lola by The Kinks. Okay, so his lyrics are, Have you ever seen a man throw the ball like he's trying to score? His name is Tozer. Tozer. Now that I've complete, I mean, I've completely butchered that. I don't know why I even bothered. Tom, thanks so much for your email. That is uh, very kind of you. Um, we also got another email this week, and this one I don't have to sing, so that is a, a major boost. And it was from a guy called Alex Carter. Now, anyone who knows Alex um, knows that he works really, really hard behind the scenes, providing audio descriptive commentary at every single home game. Now, this service is vitally important for people who are visually impaired, people who are blind, and really it's open to anyone um, anyone who goes to the race course that maybe just isn't confident that their vision is 100% and would like a slightly different service to the commentary that we typically get on Wrexham Player or you know Radio Wales where it is more analytical and it, it is less descriptive. The, you know, the clue is in the title audio descriptive commentary and so what i did i thought this is a week where we're going to cram it with interviews i've I've been working round the clock to uh fill this in with all sorts of content so we've we've heard from matt already we've heard from rich in halifax so we've got halifax bromley and with two home games coming up i was keen to hear from alex so rather than me babble on anymore i'm going to let alex explain to you the service that you can get audio descriptively at home games. So, audio description commentary is a special form of commentary delivered to blind and vision impaired supporters. And it's run by Alan March Sport and the Wrexham Disabled Supporters Association. And it's been in place for just under three years now. I think December 2018 was our first match. And it's a service provided for every single Wrexham AFC home game and home and away fans are, are welcome to listen in. They just pick up a receiver before the game and then they can listen from wherever they are in the ground. In terms of the service itself, essentially we're, we're describing in detail um, every single event that occurs during the game and in the build-up to kickoff, so we we usually go live about ten minutes before kickoff. Mm. So, for example, we'll describe things in absolute detail. So, how full the stands are, if there's any leaves on the pitch. If so, where are the leaves? Which hand the referee's holding the ball in as he approaches the centre circle? The colour of the ball, what colour gloves Rob Layton's wearing, the right. shade of blue the away team are wearing, and then during the game we'll tell a listener exactly what's happening on the pitch every moment of the game. 
Um, and this is where the service sort of differs from traditional commentary. So in your typical commentary, you'll get moments where the analyzer perhaps gives their view of the game and the listener isn't exactly sure what's happening on the pitch or where the ball is. But with AD commentary, um, we focus purely on what's happening in the game and the action. So we'll tell a listener exactly <clears throat> where the ball is on the pitch, which player has the ball, how many players there are in the wall for a free kick, where the free kick is stood, which foot a player uses to pass the ball, exactly where in the penalty area a goal has been scored from, which part of the goal a goal was scored in. Um, so it can be quite frantic at times bet, keeping up with the play um, and telling the listener exactly where the ball is and what's happening. But myself and my co-commentators, Alan Fox, George Randalls, we've been we've been doing it for three years now. So mm. we've uh, we like to think we've mastered the art. Of, um, oh, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. You've had a lot of, plenty of experience. What, yeah. for, for those that maybe that, that are learning about the platform or are starting to learn yes. about the platform now. What, what's the situation in terms of where do they go to get their receivers and you know is this something that it, it has got a really good reaction from the fans that you've spoken to you've been doing it three years I'm sure it's a, a massive asset to a lot of people that go it is yes just to clarify who the service is for um, it's for blind fans or fans who have any sort of vision impairment no matter how minor they think it may be um, so, for example, a fan who's in the, the Rex rent stand or the tech end or the Eric Roberts, depending on how old you are, they they might have struggled seeing what's happening at the cop end when there's attack there. Um, so our job is just to explain exactly what's happening in that part of the ground. So you don't have to be it's open to any supporter who perhaps sight um, isn't of a, a normal standard, if you like. Yeah. And since we've introduced the service in 2018 we've had a core group of around two or three listeners who were listening every match and they told us that the commentary has changed their, their match day experience it's completely transformed how they view the game because now they know exactly what's going on at a certain point in time so like i mentioned before a fan at one end of the ground one end of the ground sorry and the ball's at the other end of the ground they might not have a clue as to what's going on exactly. And that's where we come in. We explain exactly what's happening um, to keep them in leap with the game. And I believe we've even um, convinced or got a fan who didn't come to games anymore because oh, wow. they couldn't see very well to start coming back again. Yeah. Which is probably the biggest sort of compliment um, we can attribute to the service. And um, that's how much to change the experience of a Wrexham supporter uh, and like I say it is open to, to home supporters and away fans as well right. I think in our time we've had a couple of away supporters listening in um, and this was during the, the lockdown where we commentated from home via a stream and then the away supporters could actually um, get a Zoom invite listen to the stream and then they, they would listen to the, to the commentary on Zoom yeah. So it's a service that probably has about two or three supporters listening in on a on a weekly basis. Sometimes we'll get the odd one more. Um, I think our record number of listeners was about nine or ten wow. um, shortly after the, the service went live. 
and it's it's very easy to listen in so to answer your first question um i have to reiterate the service is completely free of charge so if there are any supporters interested in, in listening in on a match day then they just need to pick up a receiver from the 1864 suite of the macron stand which is on mold road and um, alternatively listeners can get in touch with kerry evans who's the club's official disability liaison officer and she's contactable via twitter the handle is official dlo wafc and the one thing we do say is supporters should bring their own headphones and um, that's entirely for, for hygiene reasons really um, but yeah it's super easy if you want to listen in you just pick up your receiver from the 1864 suite or get in touch with kerry and then you can take your receiver to any part of the ground no matter which stand you're in and you'll get a good reception and, and, and you know we're keen to on the podcast to to promote like i say we recently spoke about the junior dragons and and the dragon chat and you know all these other things that go around the match day experience other than just what we're seeing on the pitch we've obviously got two home games coming up we've got bromley on the saturday and then yeovil a night game which you'd imagine is is also you know very tricky for certain people of who who are visually impaired on you know floodlights and often that is a lot trickier so you know it's 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 an important service and and yeah i guess my final question to you do you is you know how did you how did you get into it did you are you self-taught in terms of you know just learning how to do it it's really interesting that you know not many commentators have that experience of audio descriptive commentary yeah you're right it's a very niche service um in terms of how i got started and it's the same for around fox and george randall's my co-commentators the club put an advert out in around September 2018 asking if there was any supporters who'd like to become audio description commentators. And um, so we were invited to sort of a, a training day, if you like, at the club. And I don't think anyone there had any previous experience in audio description. Um, so we were given lots of training by Alan March Sport to run the service. Um, and they provide the service at a few other clubs in the football league as well. Although I'm pretty sure it's only a handful, and Wrexham are quite unique in the fact they offer the uh, the service to supporters. So basically, I was going in cold. So were George and Alan, but we were given really good training by by Alan March Sports. Um, and after that training, we were invited to go to a practice game against Leighton Orient, if I remember correctly, in one of Sam Ricketts' final games in charge of Wrexham. I think we lost 2-0 or 2-1. I remember the game well. I went uh, I went down there, sadly, so I appreciate the reminder. <laughs> yeah, sorry to pull back any bad memories there, but that was our practice match to sort of set up the kit and get a feel of a, what a match day feels like behind the microphone. We had a mentor there from Alan March Sport named Steve Curry. He's a an excellent audio description commentator himself as well. And I guess it was just improving as the years went by. So like I say, it's a service that's been in place for three years now and we've been commentating for every single Wrexham AFC home game in that time. And that includes the home and away matches during lockdown. So I would say I've got at least 50 matches behind my belt as I've Alan and George. And during those matches, we've definitely... Um, improved our delivery, improved the service as a whole. And yeah, I'd invite any supporters who are thinking about listening in, who think they could benefit from the service, 
to just go and pick up a receiver against Bromley on Saturday or Yeovil on the following Tuesday, see what you think, and um, hopefully they find it beneficial. So that's brilliant. You know, that is an amazing service. And as this podcast goes on, I'd love to hear from the guys doing Dragon Chat. We we fought the case, you know, we pleaded the case for Junior Dragons recently. I know there's congratulations to those that have launched a, a women's Dragon Chat, you know, recently. Lowry and, 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 and the women behind that. Kudos to you. Really proud of all you guys for doing that. Uh, and just to finish off on the audio descriptive commentary, Alex has told me that they are potentially on the lookout for another um, for another commentator. So if that is something that you feel like you'd like to get involved in, obviously training will be provided and things like that. Alex has been tagged in this tweet. If you haven't found the tweet, then just, you know, you find him on Twitter, Alex Carter, or you can find him if you go to at Rob Ryan Red, you find all Alex's um, details there. And, and in the description, I'll make sure I put it in there as well. So Bromley, um, no one here to sort of challenge me. Uh, I am going to go with a one-all again. Um, it's just tricky. They, they are a good side and they will be licking their wounds from losing to Yeovil. And so that was a big result for Yeovil. Don't get me wrong. And I was looking at that and I thought, you know what? They have made a fairly slow start and they're starting to pick up a bit of form. You know, they've took 13, something like 13 points out of the last 15. And... Yeah, they, they they are one of the form teams in the division right now, Yeovil. And so they come to the race course. I mean, that is a long trip, just just on a side note. That is a very long trip on a Tuesday night. Um, and, you know, just hope that it, it runs smoothly. I know that they won't bring a huge following, as as we wouldn't on a Tuesday down in Yeovil. You know, we no way we would be able to get the 1,200 we saw at Halifax all the way down to Yeovil. So, you know what, I thought I'm going to try and find out what is behind this recent upturn in form. And I can't believe how many interviews I've delivered this week. I give myself a, a pat on the back? I don't know. You probably can't hear me doing that, but I've, I've given myself a pat on the back anyway. Um, this is David from Glover's Cast talking to Rob Ryan. said uh Glover's cast uh I don't know how they get on in comparison to us we're naturally very pessimistic about Wrexham but maybe we've got the most optimistic Yeovil Town podcast uh in all the land David of Glover's cast is with us David it's it's quite a good run for you at the minute isn't it things are looking quite good I was gonna say you've got the most cynical negative part of the trio that makes up the most positive yeah you're welcome on this podcast then yeah you you fit in well with me you fit in well with me and rich we're we're naturally pessimistic so yeah uh, welcome on supporting this club too long to uh (laughs) yeah to to believe that anything good could happen but but you're looking good aren't you you're looking good at the minute we are looking good at the minute yeah yeah yeah. we had a we had a very we had a strong start uh a dodgy middle but um but yeah at the moment we've we're we're looking at our last uh you know well depends if you you, we we started including the county cup in our sort of winning record that's how desperate we were for (laughs) uh for success but yeah but you look at the last six games uh we've won five of them and drawn one so and in that that run our last two games uh 
obviously recording this before we play Dover at sure. home on Saturday. Uh, we've got uh, we beat Dagenham one 0 at Dagenham, which yeah. is no mean feat, I don't win. think. And then beat Bromley two one uh, away at uh, on on well, last night on mm, Tuesday night. Yeah, so big wins. And, yeah, big wins. Yeah, good 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 wins as well. We've always struggled. Well, certainly last season uh, we struggled an awful lot for a lot of reasons. Um, last season, but um, we struggled to beat teams above us in the division. Um, and our last three wins against Eastleigh, Dagenham, and Bromley have all been teams above us. So uh, that's uh, that's a nice feeling. Yeah, and doesn't necessarily bode well for us coming on Tuesday. Obviously, <laughs> don't know, we, we've got Bromley and Yeovil, two teams that are obviously you've just beaten Bromley, but. You know they are they are still a good side at this level and they're in good form. And then you are probably one of the form teams in the entire division. So it's a it's a real test of our credentials. I'll say that much. Ooh, yeah. Who who are we who are we looking out for then? Because I, I, the last time I I mean you're coming up to us this time obviously, but last time I came to Yeovil, um, it, you had that episode where our keeper dropped the ball and who was it Courtney yeah. Duffus uh, Courtney Duffus was it that just yeah uh, just tapped it in and you end up tonking us 3-0 and I vowed that I never wanted to watch us play Yeovil again uh, unfortunately <laughs> we didn't get promoted so here we are and um, I will be I'll be listening we'll be going again uh, but you know who, who who are the people maybe maybe two that you really think or three however many you want really just that we should be keeping an eye on that, that can really sort of maybe we don't know about the hidden gems in that team. Yeah, well, I mean, our strength this season has really been in our defence. Um, we've uh, we we were told uh, we we had a. A team, probably, obviously, this is our third year back down, having been in the football league for fifteen years, um, and we assembled a side that was very experienced. You know, it was almost the first season we were back in. It was a a side to to get you back up, and obviously, we we didn't do that. We we lost out in the playoffs that first season. Last season, we all just want to forget about, to mm. be honest with you, including a three 0 hiding at the racecourse. So we yeah, want to forget about that. Um, <laughs> But uh, so we, we we lost an awful lot of experience over the summer, and we've had to rebuild with uh, effectively a very youthful-looking side. But um, we we were told in the summer that the strength would be in our in in our defence, and that certainly proved to be the case. I mean, if I had to pick a few out, I would say uh, we've got a left back uh, by the name of Jordan Barnett, who's been in and around the non-league uh, for a bit. He was at Notts County for a spell, Chesterfield for a spell last season as well. Uh, he is he signed for us in the in the summer, and he's absolutely you know. He's a fan's favourite just mm. because he just non-stop up and down the wing, um, but loves a tackle as well. And he's just, you know, all action, all heart. One of those that really um, sort of endears himself to to supporters. And, and in a very similar fa- vein, we've got another player called uh, Josh Thornton, who again has been in and around, had a really bad injury last season and, we, and barely played for us. We signed him from Halifax the summer before. Again, he's not the captain. Um, our captain's a, a chap called Luke Wilkinson. Uh, again, another um, been around a bit in, mm. in non-league circles. Um, but Staunton's one of those. He doesn't need uh, an armband to be a captain, if you can excuse me. That terrible. No, no, yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're yeah, right. It's a, it's a real skill. Never stops talking. With, you know. A, full-blooded in his tackles and all of that. So I probably picked those two just right. for their sheer, um, uh, you know how much uh, they've endeared themselves to fans. But in terms of the ones that might trouble you 
going forward, I'd have to pick our two um, wide players. I mean, we've got a player called Adi Yusuf, who I know how to spell it. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, sleep, no, well, go- so. no goals, no sleep, Mr. Adi Yusuf exactly, himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's been wide awake for a lot of time. But <laughs> <laughs> he, um, no, he, he has, uh, he's been playing in recent weeks in a, in a, in a bit of a front three alongside a player called Tom Knowles, uh, who we got from Cambridge um, last season. And, and a player, uh, he was actually bombed out of uh, Bromley, of all places, called Charlie Wakefield. Um, they're two wide players, two young players, two quick, tricky players. I mean, if you do get, uh, you know, I'm not saying Wrexham fans are going to go and look at Yeovil Town's YouTube, but if you get the chance to have a look at our goals against um, Bromley on Tuesday night, watch Charlie Wakefield. That is probably the best finish you'll see. One of the best finishes I've uh, I've seen this season. Um, it was quite spectacular. And he's got that in his in his locker. Again, if you excuse me, the cliches. Tom Knowles as well. They, they can both score a goal. They both like to run with the ball. So, um, so yeah, I'd probably pick those two up going forward. But Staunton and Barnett for me, just for their sheer, um, you know, fans' favouriteness. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's making words up now. Yeah, you just yeah, you just sort of, that's what we do on these podcasts. Just sort of make things <laughs> up, and then people rewrite sort of, the Yeah, people just sort of like walk the dog and just let us do you know do what we want really on these things. Um, no, I, I mean, Adi Youssef hopefully comes back as some sort of you know weird sort of insomniac that that can't uh, you know. I mean, <laughs> like zombie, yeah, yeah, he's just like a zombie. It'll be some sort of knowing Wrexham's luck defensively. It'll be some sort of zombie apocalypse where he tears us to pieces. But no, <laughs> Tom, not the other week. He did, I know, yeah. Uh, that's, that's typical. That that's typical. Two or three, but so he'll be well. Re- he'll be well rested then. What you're saying to come to the race course? Well, <laughs> he hasn't scored in the last two, but I seem to remember hearing from Wrexham fans. Did he? Was it something crazy about him getting off a coach? Yeah, I mean, it, middle of the night. I mean, or yeah. A long, a long, a long story short, we're 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 going down to Eastleigh on the. It's a long old bus ride that we're going down to Eastleigh. Yeah, nearly the nearly the deadline, transfer deadline, and. He asks to be left behind at the services, so in case a deal gets struck with Chesterfield, and so you know we were like we're not leaving him, and then we get to another services, and his agent's been on the phone, and he walks to the front of the bus and says, you know, can you let me off basically, and as the story right. goes, he, he got a taxi up to Chesterfield, and and that was that, right. and uh, yeah. you know, but have a warm welcome then. Yeah, yeah, definitely, but you know we've got a we've got a Cambridge man of our own. You may have Tom Knowles, but we have obviously Super Paul Mullen, as we refer uh, to him. I mean, we don't actually refer to him as Paul Mullen anymore. He has to be Super Paul Mullen. That's the only acceptable parlance in uh, in and around Wrexham. But yeah, no. So it'll be interesting to see those two reunited and sort of. I'm sure both will want to maybe be the alpha in that scenario. They've both been at Cambridge, but it, it will be yeah. interesting because defensively, you know, we haven't we haven't been. Rock solid, you know. Yeah, we have to say that we we haven't looked completely rock solid, and so it will be interesting in terms of the system you line up with because it, I get the feeling just from our conversation that you, you play more of a four three three type. I mean, we've yeah. sort of stuck with a three five two and often switched to a four three three mid game, but is that the way you go with then a four three three? Because the midfield the midfield is our weak point, and so I'm just looking right. at maybe in your midfield if there is that dictator that enforcer conductor whichever cliche you want to use yeah and and i'd say staunton is probably uh that kind of player we've got another lad who we, we picked up called uh, dale gorman who joined us from uh the northern irish league i should yeah. say um uh and he came up so so yeovil town have always been a team we, we you know we pick up 
young lads who get bombed out of uh, league clubs and uh, you know players who um, you know have got injury records and all the rest of it. Obviously, I, I could I could give you all my jealousy yeah. about the amount of money that. But one thing I will say that I know about Wrexham is that you guys have suffered over the years. So I I I would not say that of uh, cash to field or no. stock for <laughs> spelt with a with a dollar sign yeah. above it. Well, I might say a stockport. Stockport, yeah, stockport I've had it rough. Yeah, we're, 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 but yeah, not 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 Casterfield. Uh, no, they're no, just uh, not yeah, furlough. We actually call them furlough FC on this podcast. Furlough FC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what I was, what I was going to say, then, just just to round us off before you know, there's obviously a big big midweek game, massive trip for those. Who, you know, credit to any of your fans that come up for that because that is a a real trek in the middle of the week. You know, what is the mood among the fan base now? Like you say, you're in your third season down. We're, I mean, we're like the old person in the old people's home that's on the rocking chair, sort of used to the surroundings. You're sort of still feeling it out and finding your place in the living room. Um, you know, what is the mood now? Because the idea is you go immediately back up. You've lost in the playoffs. Last season's a complete write-off. And this season, are you back looking at playoff push? I mean, what do you really think is possible with this management, this group? Uh, well, I think with this group, the start of the season, I just said we are a bang mid-table team. Like nothing, nothing better than that. There's um, I, I won't go into it on on here, but there's a lot of things going on off the pitch. Again, mm-hmm. Wrexham fans quite familiar to things going on off the pitch. Um, with regards to you know possible takeovers of the club, yeah. no worry. There's no there's no Ryan Reynolds. There's no Tom Hanks or anything like that. No, 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 no Wolverine no. or anything. No. There's a, there's a James is it James Purifoy James Purifoy I've I no idea who right. he is but he's a football fan apparently but, but anyway so um uh, we've got a young team uh, we've got um, a very small squad I think uh, 15 outfield players uh, so we don't in in my mind we're doing very well at the moment we. I don't think we have the strength in depth to see that out through um through the season but uh, I think the fans at the moment which can't believe the form that we're in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was going to say, yeah. Our, our last oh, and uh, if you'd have asked me before that Dagenham game, well, we, we did talk about this on the Glover's cast about what we expected. And I said from four games, so we played Dagenham away, Bromley away, we've got Dover at home, and then we got you boys on uh, on the oh, Tuesday geez, night. Yeah. Uh, and I said, if we got six points from from those four games, I'd be very happy. We got six points already. So the, the Dover at home and Wrexham away, three hits for You're me. Flying. So. <laughs> so then, so then, any fan that does maybe want to get a little bit more, you know, midweek uh, insight into into Yeovil before that game, where can they find um, where can they find Glover's Cast? Or you know, what can they sort of expect? Over there, over here, we've just got made up words and you know a lot of talk about Ryan Reynolds. But you know anything a bit more in depth about Yeovil? Where where can they find your podcast? Yeah, so the Glover's Cast you can find us if you just uh, search Glover's Cast on uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, Android. Uh, uh, Acast is uh, this uh, the system that we use to go out. We have a podcast uh, where we uh, on the A. Uh, so what we're doing, doing one tomorrow night, which is Thursday night. So there'll be one out on the Friday before, and then one out on the uh, Monday oh. before the uh, before the trip to Wrexham. So again against Dover. Uh, yeah, if you fancy a listen, uh, we'll um, uh, yeah we'll see we'll see what we all think post Dover and free uh, free Wrexham. But well, I, was I should gonna, be I, there. I was going to say you're you're going up, are you to Wrexham? I am. Well, I say going up. I'm a bit of a fraud because really? I am a. Uh, I'm an exile, so I live in Lancashire. Right. So, uh, and, I, and I have done. 
Yeah, so I'm not too bad. Wrexham's a better one for me, but I I, I will say I did do Dagenham at the weekend and Oof. I've done older shot and places like that as well. So so I've done a few this season, which has given me some travel. You've so done I, your I miles, yeah. You've done your miles. We respect that. I've That's, earned a short one. What, 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 what do you think then, to, just to round us out then, then, what's the kind of the feeling going up there? Because like you say, your, your big game pedigree, so to speak, has, has been pretty good. I mean, you must be going to the race course. Obviously, we're speaking before the Dover game, so you yeah. famous last words, but you know, there's no fear, is there, attached to, to sort of going up to Wrexham. We've proven that we're not a team that's going to steamroll the division. So you must be going there with a degree of confidence that you can pull out a result. I think the again, I've dropped far too many cliches in this short conversation, but but I, I think the thing that I say about having young players is they are just fearless. You know, they yeah. they 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 just they just go for it and they're not overwhelmed by by things. And and it's probably just because they are just young and impetuous in a lot of ways. There's a few older heads in around them. Eustace, obviously, uh, one of one of those. But I mean, I, I I look at your squad and like you say, the kind of players you've got there, Paul Mullen. Ben Toes is an ex-player yeah. of ours. He's obviously a very good player. Um, da- Davis, uh, yeah, a number Jordan seven. Davis, yeah. Jordan scoring Davis. a belting goal against us up at your place last season. So, uh, I mean, it, I, I said it was a free hit for me because I only predicted six points out of four games. But, but in reality, that's what it is. You know, we'll just go there. We'll, we'll, we'll play our game. I won't deny there probably will be a few things that wind your fans up because there might be a little bit of I won't say time wasting but there'll be a, there'll be a few tricks in there you know there'll be a few a little bit of uh, football for, uh, football um, what's the word shithousery can yeah, I say that yeah, you here? can you can say shithousery yeah, you got it so but you, you know you don't play at this level you don't do anything at this level without a little bit of that and I'm sure players like Ben Tozer got a little bit of a shithouse in them somewhere as well so I apologise in advance for that but I will be cheering every moment of it so if it happens <laughs> so there you go uh, Bromley Yeovil we've heard from Rich he has made it home in one piece and I believe he'll be on the soothers or the lozenge um, to get his voice back and yeah just a quick note actually just to say uh, a big thank you again for all the support on the Craig Falconbridge interview Um, that one was particularly close to my heart because dealt a lot with mental health and you know it's an important thing that I am very outspoken on that I, I, I do want guys whether it's supporters that know me supporters that don't friends of mine i do want people to feel like they can just talk about whatever they want to talk about you know whether whether it's whether it's frustrations in midfield or whether it's something in your personal life or or your professional life you know it it is okay to talk about it and you know i am very open in in the fact that i i try to talk about anything that's bothering me and so you know another word for the guys that at Dragon Chat that that do an amazing job and yeah do do use them and use all these amazing services like Alex said in his interview you know not every club offers all these things and so it, it for me it makes me so proud that Wrexham does offer these things and I, I would also like Wrexham to to start offering up more three points on a regular basis but but in all seriousness you know it it, it is a special club and this is a really special period in the club's history. Whether we like it or not, there will be bumps along the road. And there have been. There have been many bumps this season. You know, defeats where we where we feel like we should have won. Maidenhead, 
you know, was was really frustrating. There were other ones, older shop where we got our revenge was amazing. And, and Halifax, probably the best of the lot so far for a lot of people. Um, but we've just got to try and relish this journey because what a moment we're in. And I want to speak on behalf of myself, Rich, and no doubt all the listeners. We're in love with a man called Paul. <laughs>